Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, editor-in-chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Well, hello and good morning or afternoon or evening, depending on what time you're in and when you're listening to this. This is Monica Bay. I'm the editor of Law Technology News. I'm here in New York and on the West Coast in one of my favorite cities, Seattle, is our guest today, Donna Payne. Donna is CEO and founder of the Payne Consulting Group, a training and development company headquartered in Seattle. Donna is a former member of the LTN Editorial Advisory Board and one of my favorite people in the legal technology community. Donna, tell our listeners today a little bit about your company and how you got interested in writing our test drive column for LTN. Yes, I started a company called Payne Consulting Group about 14 and a half years ago, and we're out in Seattle for our headquarters. And it's been an exciting journey. We have 12 books that we've written, and we have products that are available, and we do a lot of consultancy for help people, um, helping people move from one software version to another. So it's a very exciting industry and an exciting time. And I know you have won the hearts and minds of a lot of our listeners with your help with them in terms of upgrading on Microsoft products. I know how much Microsoft sings your praises. Donna's going to join us on Law Technology Now, and we're going to talk about a column she writes for LTN called Test Drive. And her new column for the April issue is Mobile Gadgets You Can't Live Well Almost Without. Uh, first, I want to give you the usual housekeeping uh, drill. You can listen to this podcast on ALM's Law Technology Now site, which is, shock and surprise, www.lawtechnologynow.com. You can also visit it on our partner's site, Legal Talk Network, which, shock and surprise, is www.legaltalknetwork.com. And finally, you can find it in the iTunes podcast library. And speaking of iTunes, uh, Donna, I'm getting so much grief from everybody I know because finally I bought an iPod. And to be accurate, my mom bought one for me, believe it or not. Um, so that's that's been a very interesting experience. I assume you've probably burned through about 12 of them. Just two, actually. Yeah. The thing that surprised me the most, I, I, I have had, I'm really enjoying the shuffle feature and I've, I have found that it truly is easy to download your CDs, much easier than I thought it would be. I think that was the main reason why I hesitated so long. But I got to tell you, Apple is so precious about their design and packaging. It took me 15 minutes. I got the classic 15 minutes to figure out that what I thought was some black padding to protect the thing actually contained the instructions on how to use the iPod. <laughs> And, and why is it that Apple can't give us an on-off switch? You know, it, it, but we won't go there. They're so precious. Their design is so pretty. It's a good point. But the, the thing that I've discovered with iPods is that hold button at the very top where you can lock it down, that's your lifesaver because it doesn't turn on automatically and wear out your battery. Yes. Yes, I'm learning all these things. But I must admit, it certainly beats, let's put it this way, I memorized United Airlines XM radio song list, so I think it was time to finally buy an iPod, and thank you, Mom. One thing that I've done recently with iPods is I've actually um, started downloading books. Ah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I just 
purchased uh, two books and listened to them on the way to and from Chicago this, uh, the last two days. So that's kind of my new thing with iPods. And I'm not going to go anywhere without my iPod anymore. I don't think I am either. And especially now that I've discovered I can subscribe on Legal Talk Network to Bob Ambrosi and Craig Williams' uh, podcast, and people can subscribe to mine. Ooh. But anyway... You also wrote in your column a while back about Amazon's Kindle. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that and maybe how it differs from downloading those books onto your iPod? Oh, sure. Um, I used to get a lot of newspapers. I used to get the New York Times, the Washington Post, and my local Seattle newspaper um, delivered to me. And I just wanted to basically keep up to date and keep informed, and so I I um you know I was I'm kind of a green person I don't really like to have that much paper where I'm just wasting it even though I do recycle everything and so I learned about the um the Amazon Kindle which is an electronic book reader which is absolutely phenomenal it has some faults but it's absolutely great you can subscribe on Amazon and manage your Kindle and have books automatically delivered to you whether it's an audiobook or a traditional book and it just comes in a reader, and it comes automatically um, through their, their wire service. So it's just something that's basically something that I can't now live without because it's only 10.3 ounces, and it's really small. It's something that I could take to the airplane, have 50 books loaded, and read whatever I feel like at the time. And isn't the beauty of that from the pictures that we ran with your column, which I believe was in our February issue? I believe it was February. If not, it was recently. The fact that the resolution is so good that it actually functions as if you were reading a real um, book, because that was always the complaint about book readers in the past was it would give you a headache to try to scroll down the, the pages. What's it like to try to actually read with it, Donna? This is actually really good. It's actually easier for me than reading a traditional book because you can change the print size. So let's say that you've had a long night. Um, you can actually change the size from something pretty small to something very large. So it's, it's really good for everyone. It's not just for, you know, for small print readers, and so it's adjustable. And there's a next page button and a previous page button and a menu button that allow you to um, just navigate really easily. It takes a little while to get used to. Probably after a week, you'll think it's better than, than the traditional, or maybe at least as good as the traditional turning pages. Is that about the size of a junk novel in size? It is, and it's thinner than a junk novel, which is nice. It's it's really thin, and yesterday on the airplane, I saw two other people uh, sitting around me with Kindles as well, so I think it's really catching on. Now, can you download music to that, or is it strictly print products? I haven't downloaded any music. I know that you can do audiobooks, and it does come with um, with that capability, but right now I'm just downloading newspapers, magazines, blogs, which you can subscribe to and manage, and also books. So it has some component of of a wireless, but it's not an internet tool, is it? Well, you can use it. Uh, you can you can actually plug in. It's it's nice. You can actually plug in um, information and search Wiki, uh, Wikipedia online, and look up definitions from a dictionary. And I really like um, it, it. Does have uh, WhisperNet, which is Sprint's national um, high-speed EVDO data network. It doesn't require a hotspot like when you're going to an airport and you have to have sit in the exact chair in the exact location within the airport or within Starbucks. It's it's really good. I've used it on trains. I've used it pretty much anywhere, and it's been very accurate. And I can buy things directly from the Kindle itself, or I can go to Amazon.com and buy it. 
So it has some limited internet uh, functions, but you're not going to sit there and process documents on it or anything, correct? That's right. So it's not a quote-unquote laptop computer. And of course, it's not inexpensive either. Uh, What is the approximate cost of this? Well, if you can get one, it's $399. They've been sold out for a while, haven't they? They have, and there's a message even today on their website that said that uh, they're still temporarily out of stock due to high demand. I don't think anyone anticipated how much these things were going to be in demand. I saw them on eBay for $750 around the holiday season. Wow. Now, I know, I think there are some other vendors who are uh, making similar products. I believe Sony has a product that's out now that I've seen some advertisements for. So I think our listeners, this is a technology that is clearly hitting critical mass. And uh, I think you're going to have a lot of options uh, uh, quickly uh, on that. But let's talk, Donna, about (laughs) two of our favorite tools, GPS and our determination that at some point in time, the city of Austin, Texas is is going to have a, a Garmin-friendly city. I think you and I both had uh, some very funny stories about using our beloved Garmins in Austin. Why don't you tell yours? I will. Um, and, you know, it's funny when you just said GPS. I, you know that you're over-the-top a geek when you just get goosebumps from someone saying GPS. And and really, I don't go anywhere without my GPS. And I, uh, on a recent trip, I took it to Austin, Texas, uh, our favorite GPS city, and I plugged it into my rental car and plugged in the hotel that I was going to, which was the Sheridan, and it promptly took me to the uh, University of Texas Austin dorms. <laughs> I was a little bit frightened. <laughs> That's not quite the housing you anticipated for the night, is it? Not at all. I looked up at the building. It's a high-rise building, and I saw sheets and and things taped over wall windows, and, and I was a little bit frightened, and finally I just um, pulled over, typed the address of the Sheridan in, as opposed to just using Sheridan as the keyword, and it took me to the right place. Well, I was just in Texas last week and stayed at that same Sheridan, and we also had problems. That we were, In fact, it was so funny, I was with my colleague Mike Medwick, and at one point, we had the Avis one that you talk about in your car, which is a, based on one of the higher-end Garmin products. I have the little Nuvi 200, which I now take everywhere I go. And at one point, we were having so many problems with the Avis one, I said to Mike, stop the car, I'm getting my Garmin, and we had the dueling Garmins. <laughs> and I programmed it on mine, and he programmed it on his. And it, it, it was not quite... Perfect, but they, you know, we they we did get where we were going. Uh, my theory is that Texas has so much new road work, and that there are so many freeways that have I don't know what the word for them is all the looping different entrances, and there'll be a frontage road literally underneath the freeway, and I think it just tilts out the poor Garmin. I have to ask you then, who's uh, device one? It was sort of a tie when they were going on the same thing. I I shut mine down and let the one that was in the car go. But it was pretty comical because mine was screaming that we should turn left and his was screaming that we should turn right. So we <laughs> kind of laughed. We won't assault poor Austin. It's it's not the best place. I have found in all seriousness that, well, the Garmin's are great. And it's not just Garmin that makes these. There's TomTom and there's Magellan. I believe the Hertz Never Lost is a Magellan product and Avis's is a um, Garmin product. I love my little vanilla one. It's it's It was like 200 bucks at Best Buy. And the thing I like the most is if you're driving around a, a larger metropolitan area, like I'm in California all the time in San Jose, but 
when you're in a dense downtown environment like New York City or downtown San Jose, it doesn't work so well when there are multiple choices at an intersection. And a word to the wise, if you are driving in Minnesota or California, you cannot use the dashboard holders. You have to use uh, what they call a friction mount, which works great. But Donna, tell tell our listeners about your little traumatic story about leaving your your Garmin on the um, dashboard. Oh, it was lovely. I uh, it was telling me at one point in Austin again to to make a turn to get on the freeway, and I was running late, so I I just quickly made my turn. And my Garmin flew across the the dashboard, landed against the passenger side window, and shattered. Ugh. And there's probably they're probably picking up the plastic, the hard plastic from the rental car even today. It's it, it was pretty shattered. So I did buy my Garmin new V three fifty again, the same model. And I checked Amazon this morning. And it's down way low. It's down to two hundred and fifty one dollars. Wow. Now one thing that the kids up at the Kingston, New York Best Buy told me was um, be sure to get the a warranty plan. And I don't know about you, Donna, but I'm somebody who generally tends to avoid the warranty plans. But they said a common mistake is if you leave the garment in, especially in the summer, if you leave it in and forget to take it and tuck it away, that it, they can get fried by the sun. So the, the, the fellow said to me, take the warranty because if you fry it they will they will replace it and also i know in new york they're having a lot of thefts so if you are driving with it it's a good advice to to take the holder down and um don't show any uh, peripherals uh it's less likely that you're going to have your rental car broken into for me it's been it's almost been kind of like a you're a tourist type um identifier as well i walk around i have a street mode pedestrian mode on my garmin and I can say, I'm walking, and it will give me directions as I'm walking through the city. And I do stand there and walk, looking at my Garmin, getting directions from it. And so it's it's one of the things that it's useful for, not just for driving, but it's, it's useful for me, for pedestrian, or if you're in a carpool, if you're in a taxi. Um, I, I was in a taxi not long ago, and we were in a traffic jam, and I needed to get to the airport. And the um, taxi driver, I just used my Garmin and found an alternate route, even though he probably should have known this. Um, I helped get us to the airport in time to make the flight. Well, pretty soon they'll probably make coffee for us too. Donna, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at your company and uh, what life is like for you over in the other coast in Seattle. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, Well, I'm the CEO of Payne Consulting Group, and I started it 14 and a half years ago, and it's just been an amazing, wonderful experience. The uh, We kind of got our foot on the... name on the map, so to speak, when we were written about on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. So um, since then, it's been an amazing roller coaster ride and a wonderful, wonderful ride itself. Um, still going strong with 2.5 million users of our products. That's wonderful. And you do consulting and you also have some metadata and related products. And when they launched the products is when you got to go off of my board because we don't allow vendors, but you're a <laughs> consultant. So that's wonderful. Donna, that's an exciting organization you've been working with and you founded, and I know people speak so highly about it. Um, I know one of your expertise area is uh, as counseling people on uh, Microsoft products and upgrading to various versions of operating systems, et cetera. What's the biggest challenge you've had as a consultant? I think just um, uh, there's just not enough time in the day. It's it's very exciting when you have a new product line coming out and just managing everything, managing your existing workload with 
the new and exciting things that you're coming out with. Um, that's a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge and kind of finding a balance. Yeah, I think balance is an operant word. Well, one of the tools that you've written about in Test Drive is one you recommended very highly to families, maybe not for important things like weddings, but for every day, Saturdays, etc. And uh, tell us a little bit about the... Um, uh, mini camcorder that you wrote about? Oh, this is actually one of my favorite gifts. Um, I've purchased so far nine of them for people um, just because I think that everyone should have one. It, whether you are a, uh, an amateur police officer that likes to take pictures of people running lights or you, you want to use it for things that are kind of more of your everyday life. Um, the Flip Ultra, which is from Pure Digital Technologies, and the website is theflip.com, is something that's tiny. It's the size of a deck of cards. It's five ounces, and it's something that you can just put in your shirt pocket. And it's a camcorder, a mini camcorder with sound recording, and it includes software that you can just plug in the USB because you click a button and it flips the, the USB out, and you can either upload to, if you want to, YouTube or other places like AOL. But you can also mix movies, and so you can use it for, let's say, someone in your firm is retiring and you want to take movies of it, you can do that. Or if you have something that you just wanted to take a quick, um, kind of a lower quality picture camcorder for a case, you can do that. It's something that I use on a daily basis. So it sounds like something that would be perfect for a blog or a website, but not something that you would want to have uh, as a, a keepsake necessarily, like like you had said, you don't want to put your wedding pictures on it. Right, and it's, you can only do a maximum of 60 minutes anyway if you do the Flip Ultra. There's a smaller version that's 30 minutes, so it's not a lot of information that you can record before you upload. And I actually learned about this from reading someone's blog, and they had recorded something with Flip, and they were doing all of their blogs that way, and I was so impressed with the quality for for that purpose. Donna, have you decided what your next gadget purchase is going to be? I just purchased it today. Um, well, oh. I've had two things. I know, it's exciting. Um, and I used to not be a gadget person, which is kind of funny that I turned into a, a total gadget geek. But um, there is a... a Security, um, it's, it's securing data. It's a USB, and it's a device that can actually self-destruct the data if it gets into the wrong hands, if they try to access it several times without it, um, without having the exact credentials. Oh, that sounds like fun. I have a feeling we'll probably be hearing about that soon. Again, our guest today has been Donna Payne of Payne Consulting Group. Donna's based in Seattle. And uh, it's going to wrap up our program for today. I want to give you a little information about us again. This is the Law Technology Now podcast. I'm Monica Bay. I'm the editor of Law Technology News. Donna, if our listeners wanted to suggest some gadgets for you to review, how would they reach you? Oh, perfect. Um, Donna Payne at PayneConsulting.com. And if you have any cities that aren't working with GPS very well, I want to hear about those as well. Well, I'd like to thank our producers, Scott Hess, Kate Kenny, and Keith O'Kelly. This is Monica Bay. You're listening to Law Technology Now on the Legal Talk Network. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.